1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Hey, it's Dan, and this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, our Tuesday edition. Mary Kay, Doug, and I talk all sorts of things. Lots of Baker Mayfield, lots about 7 and 3, all sorts of good stuff coming up. But first, let me tell you about Football Insider. Uh, you get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash Browns. You get an exclusive newsletter every single day in your inbox. Uh, it's written by one of our one of the members of our Browns team, and it goes only to our Football Insider subscribers. And, of course, there's our text service where we'll text you throughout the day with news, analysis, all that good stuff. We do picks. Uh, we have a texter on every week for picks. We have a post-game Zoom with our texters, which is always a lot of fun as well. So you want to get involved. Head over to cleveland.com slash Browns. There's a blue banner up at the top of the page. You click on that. Get all your information. Get yourself signed up. Now on to our Tuesday podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, joined by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you doing? Doing well. And Doug Maurice joining us. Doug, how are you?
1: I'm great, thanks.
2: All right. Well, the Browns winners yesterday against the Eagles and Uh, we're going to do this questions thing we've sort of been doing these questions on monday when we record on mondays for our tuesday pod uh we're going to ask some questions do some fill in the blanks things like that i do want to let everybody know out there listening our schedule is going to be just a little bit different this week uh you're not going to get quite as many podcasts with the holiday but you will still get to hear us get all of our picks wrong at the end of the week on friday (laughs) but probably no pod on thursday this week and probably only one got to watch the tape as well right doug
1: yeah, we will record uh, Gotta Watch the Tape on Tuesday, and that'll be it, yes.
2: Still lots of pods to get you through uh, through your long holiday weekend. Okay, so I came up with three questions. I think a lot of them may end up leading to the same place. But, you know, last week we talked specifically about Nick Chubb and whether he earned an extension or not. But it kind of got me thinking, because yesterday there was another player who's going to be eligible to get paid a lot of money this offseason, probably will get paid a lot of money this offseason, and Denzel Ward – who's going to be extension eligible and the Browns have a handful of guys kind of coming up. Now there's only one guy, I believe, I, know, I got to check on somebody else. There's only one guy who's headed for free agency and that's Larry Joby. Right. But I wanted to sort of put on our GM hat a little bit. And, uh, and yes, Wyatt Teller is under contract for next year. So there's only one guy headed for true free agency. Um, I wanted to put on our GM hats and kind of order this. If, if you could do it, ideally, who would you pay first? Who would you pay second? Who would you wait on? We don't have to extend these guys. If, if you know, we look at them and say, ah, I don't know if I want to extend that guy. So here's the list I came up with. And I'm just looking at kind of first time extensions. I'm not looking at guys who might like a, a guy, like a JC Tretter who could ask for a second extension or something. I'm asking for Nick Chubb. This is alphabetical order. Ronnie Harrison, Baker Mayfield, Larry Oganjobi, That's the free agent, Wyatt Teller and Denzel Ward. So kind of put these guys in order of priority to pay them this offseason. I mean, my number one is pretty easy. I'm going to guess we might all be the same on this, but I I'm, want I'm to hear what you guys have to say first. Who would your number one be on that list?
0: First of all, let me just say one thing real quick about this as we head into this hypothetical thing. It's, a, it's going to be a really weird off season for right. extensions just in, <laughs> in real time, uh, just because of everything that's going on with COVID. Uh, it's changing the game. So I think what normally would happen is they would start extension talks probably now with some guys. I really do uh, think that they would be starting some right now as we speak, uh, but there's kind of a little bit of a wait and see thing going on uh, with what's going to happen with the cap Uh, and all of the revenue shortfalls. So with that in mind, let's pretend that that's not happening, right? (laughs) Because-
2: Yeah, this is is completely hypothetical, right?
1: Right. It's going to be a normal-ish
0: They have all the money in the world and they can do whatever they want with it. Uh, In that scenario, um, you want me to just give you my number
2: one? Give us your number one. I just want to know know if it's the same as the guy I'm thinking.
0: You know what? In, In that scenario, I'm going Denzel Ward number one.
2: Doug, are you thinking the same thing? No. No,
1: okay. I like it. I'm going Nick Chubb because I think the Browns are breaking the mold on what a two-headed running back situation does for a football team. I think in a world where all anybody has talked about anecdotally for the last several years is the running backs are replaceable, running backs aren't worth it. I think Nick Chubb's absence the last month proved how valuable he is. I think if any of us, and I did think it, I thought maybe you were in an either or situation with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb at some point that this was a luxury. I think this is a luxury that has become a necessity. The Browns aren't the Browns if they don't have two all pro running backs and Hunt and Chubb make each other better and only paying one and only having one reduces that value of the one you have. They have found something here. It is who they are. And as valuable as a number one cornerback is in Denzel Ward, I just think a world where something happens and you don't have Nick Chubb and you get some other kind of guy behind him, you know, instead of him, who's pretty okay. And now you have Hunt and that pretty okay guy as the two-headed monster. I think it changes them. I think it fundamentally alters the DNA of this football team. I think Chubb and Hunt, if you could only keep two players well miles miles is one
2: <laughs> i Miles is done
1: one. i so miles is out of the way i mean i'd i'd have get rid i have 52 sports writers and miles garrett and take my chances <laughs> if that was my 53 i just think chubb and hunt are is where it's at it's who they are and i just think even if it's what nobody else is doing exactly and there are co- there are running backs who got big contracts i think nick chubb is it man so mine is
2: ward um just because I, I you know, I, I guess I'm basing this on positional importance, right? This is sort of what you were talking about. You're going against that, Doug. I, I guess I'm basing mine on more, okay, you took care of Miles. Next up is Denzel Ward. Uh, and, you know, I think I think that's a, a no-brainer. You're going to pay Denzel Ward. I mean, Doug, I think even you have, would have Denzel Ward pretty high on your list, maybe even second. For sure. But, you know, the, the case for Chubb, and this kind of affects the guy that's going to be on this list for us at some point is, I mean, what do you think of Baker Mayfield? You know, if you think Baker Mayfield is going to turn into a $40 million a year quarterback, that's going to be on the level of the guys that are getting paid like that. Well, then that running back becomes more replaceable. But if you think you need to hold that structure together around Baker, then Nick Chubb becomes really important in that equation. So you know, honestly, what they do with Nick Chubb might tell us a lot about how they feel about Baker, to be honest. So that, that's maybe maybe part of the thinking why you might flip those two. But I would go Ward one and then probably on this list, Chubb two. I, you know, I, I know there's a little debate going on on Twitter today about paying running backs. And th- there's an acknowledgement with running backs. I made this I made this um, point last week when you pay a running back, it's like buying a car. It, it's not going to get more valuable, right? This isn't like Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett is like buying a house. He's going to get better and, and he's going to be, you know, we've already seen it, you know, a running back loses his value over time, but that's okay. Cause you're going to be paying for Nick Chubb's prime years. And, and I'm fine with that. So I, I would have him second on my list.
0: You know, I I'm going to go with him second on my list too. And the reason I, why I put him second behind uh, Denzel is because for some of the reasons that you're mentioning there, Dan, uh, I think it does come down to uh, what you think of your quarterback and where this whole thing is going. If you really believe in your quarterback and you think you're going to have a really, really great passing game, I mean, the reason, one of the reasons they need the two-headed monster is because they don't really have a whole lot going on with their passing game to this point. Some of it has been weather recently, but lately they have really just decided, you know what, we're going to be a run-oriented team. In that scenario, then you know maybe you're not giving Baker the forty million dollars or the thirty-five million dollars or the going rate for uh, the number one overall picks these days. But also, uh, I think that uh, the two-headed monster of Nick and Kareem—it's—it's it's phenomenal. It's terrific. I would do. I would pay Nick, but I also think that uh, that you could find another two-headed monster.
1: Oh, I think
0: you no. Know, really? Not, yes, I think that you, you know, might not be Nick and Kareem, but it's certainly not Kareem and Dearness Johnson. Okay, it's not that, but there is a world out there in which you could probably find another really excellent running back to run behind a really, really, really good offensive line that makes a great one-two punch with Kareem and those two guys together from an economic standpoint wouldn't cost you as much as what these two guys are going to cost you. Now,
2: du- oh, I, would ahead, I
0: would I would pay Nick. I'll, I would pay Nick whatever whatever they need to pay him. I would do that. But I think there is a world in which you could draft a really good running back or find a really good running back somewhere else and pair that running back with Kareem. It can, again, it's not the drop-off that you go from Kareem down to Ernest. It's not that, but you can find, I think another great runner somewhere and make those guys your one, two punch. If you wanted to save yourself a few pennies.
2: So the guy, the guy that you would point to, I think in that scenario would be Clyde Edwards, Allaire, right?
1: He stinks. He's, he's one third as good as Nick Chubb. But if you paired him with Kareem Hunt, that would He'd be a stink. decent little duo. No. Nick Chubb's special. Do you guys think I agree. I, I mean, I,
2: I think, I think, I, I, I think the point of this, I think we all agree on Nick Chubb. I think that's where we need to start. Like, we yeah. all agree that we would pay Nick Chubb. So th- this discussion is kind of a what if, I guess.
1: Right. No, and I understand. It's an allocation. And by the way, I mean, I've been pounding this drum for two years. Get ready, Browns fans, to lose good players. Because you know what good teams do? They lose good players because they can't afford them all. What a wonderful problem to have. You're not going to lose good players because you're stupid. This is not Mitchell Schwartz area, right? This is not how, this is you're out of resources. You have too many good players. What an offseason is going to be. So you're going to have hard decisions for sure. I just put Nick Chubb at the top of my hard decision list, knowing, knowing that it runs counter to everything. But I think part of, being a smart GM or part of, you know, whatever analytical situation, I think you need to realize when you have a, you have a special player. I think Nick Chubb is a foundational special player on and off the field. And I think you blow a hole in the heart of this franchise. So I get it. We all love Nick Chubb, but I'm telling you, he is my number one priority and I don't really tie it to Baker because There's only gonna. I mean, it's our it's our ten thousandth Baker discussion, and there's fifty thousand Baker discussions ahead, and I love every one of them. Baker is never going to be Patrick Mahomes. Baker is never going to be Aaron Rodgers. Baker is never going to be Russell Wilson. So if you're keeping Baker, you're realizing that. I mean, that's not what you're thinking he's ever going to be. I think he can be better and more consistent than he is now. I would keep him. I think they should keep him, but I also think it's not about. Well, if Baker was awesome, I'd be. I'd be okay then with losing Chubb. Nick Chubb is special. Nick Chubb is who I want to be as the Cleveland Browns. And I know that sounds hyperbolic. And I know the Dallas Cowboys thought the same thing with Ezekiel Elliott and they paid him. And like the minute they paid him, it felt like, oh, is this worth it? I just think, I just think he's everything you want a football player to be. And these runs he makes in the second half, I don't know that there's any other back in the league who can make it. I get it. Maybe Dalvin Cook, whatever. I mean, I, and I know there's a short shelf life. I just, it makes me nervous to think about that guy walking out the door. And to me, Nick Chubb is borderline irreplaceable. And as much as I believe in Baker, I want them to sign Baker. I think they should keep Baker. Baker Mayfield's replaceable because you could find a kind of okay veteran who could probably get you through if this other stuff's going on, man, it makes me nervous to think that you would have this rushing attack in your hands and you'd somehow let it go. That's why I have Chubb number one.
2: All right. I I mean, I don't think there's a ton of disagreement there, honestly. Uh, I mean, the path, the path of the, the point that I was making is the path is you would draft guys. You would throw draft resources at those guys. You would hope the rest of your team was complete, but this team's not complete. That's the other piece of this as well. You want to use that first round pick this year on a defensive guy. You want to use your second round pick on a defensive guy and your third round pick on a defensive guy. You just want to go all in. On, on drafting defensive guys and pay Nick Chubb and keep him around for a little while. Now, granted, Nick Chubb will be around next year regardless. But um, I think
1: I disagree with that actually. But that's probably a different podcast. That's a, that's another discussion. Um,
2: I'm I'm exaggerating a little there too. All right, so who's third on your list? Here's who we have left since we've all agreed on the top two: Ronnie Harrison, Baker Mayfield, Larry Ogunjobi, and Wyatt
1: Teller. Who Baker's third for me. Back? Baker's Baker. third. Baker's third.
0: So you're going – in the in this offseason, you would go extension with Baker Mayfield. You'd give him an extension. You have two choices. Well, you have three choices. Don't give him an extension. Pick up his fifth-year option or give him, him an extension. So you're going extension this offseason?
1: I'm going fifth-year option right now.
0: Okay, that's – so that, that's
1: – So I, yeah, I guess That's this is let, – let's, let, let's just assume
2: – let's just assume – let's not even – Talk about the fifth-year option, and let's just assume that they're either gonna, you know what I mean? I think they would probably pick that up regardless. I don't know. Uh, maybe me saying that is a mistake, but um, but let's just assume that's part of the equation. If they extended him, they would do it with the fifth-year option. They would extend on top of that anyway.
1: Hmm. I'm thinking, I guess. Uh, so, but you're telling me, teller, you don't have to extend teller yet because he has a year oh, left. There's right? a free agent after 2021. So yes, he's under contract. I mean, here's the thing that I think is, I mean, we're talking about, you guys are talking about, well, you could draft somebody and replace Nick Chubb as good as Wyatt Teller and Ronnie Harrison and Log- Larry Joby are, they're replaceable. Wyatt Teller. I mean, that's, that's maybe John Dorsey's best move. Wyatt Teller was like boxed out of Buffalo. They didn't have a spot for him anymore. So they gave him away. Ronnie Harrison. It's like, it's a fifth. They got him for a fifth round pick. I think, yeah, those guys are, are guys who are playing at a really high level. But I think some of this is, uh, are Ronnie Harrison and Wyatt Teller, I mean, they're playing really well. This is, I mean, this is what the negotiating table is like. You end up like talking down guys that you love because you're doing money deals. I don't think they're irreplaceable, so special that you can't live without them. So I think there's a huge gap between Chubb and Ward first. And then I think, I believe in Baker so I, you guys understand the, the in and outs of that better than I do, but I'm not going crazy on Teller, Harrison, or Oak and joby So I don't know then.
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing with Harrison and Teller, they're both under contract next year, so you can wait on those guys. I don't think there's any rush on those guys. Um, so I don't think I would put them third. So the case for Baker is you get something done. It's not super expensive, relative to what you pay quarterbacks it's manageable you have the asset so you can kind of decide what you want to do with him you either keep him or down the road if you want to move on you can move on maybe it's a Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo type of contract that's really front-loaded or you know I don't know what Jared Goff's situation is I mean for the most part quarterbacks get extended if they've shown you at least a little something Mm -hmm. And, and I think Baker is at least in that class I mean Goff is a an example of this you know, the guy that was here yesterday got an extension, right? And, and he hadn't been healthy, but they extended him just based on what he did in 2017. So, you know, got, these guys tend to get extensions, but I do think it's interesting that none of us are making that like our number one priority.
0: Yeah. I mean, I struggle with this one because I mean, if we were talking in not just hypothetical terms, I don't think I'm going extension this off season. I think I'm going 5th year option this off season. I had the way that I have it broken down is if he's off the charts and you know he's just your guy and he is a great quarterback, then you give him the blockbuster extension. If he's not at all your guy, then you don't give him anything. If he deserves another look and he's shown you some good things this year and you want to see him get better next year in this system, then you pick up the 5th year option. And you continue to move forward with him. So that's where I am at with him. So it's kind of hard for me to answer this one in terms of where to put him, you know?
1: So let me ask this, because I don't understand this stuff at all. And I probably <laughs> shouldn't say that on a podcast. <laughs> this is why I've pushed back all year against the, is it a make or break year for Baker thing? Because I was always I like, well, why is it make or break? What's make or break about it? Yeah. Just you do the fifth year extension. He's, he's fine. He's good. He's a first year with Stefanski. They're winning, but you don't, you know, but let's see year four also, is there any, is there a problem with that? Is that going to hurt feelings? Is that going to cause a rift between Baker's camp and the organization? Is it going to be a bunch of questions all year or they didn't extend in? they only gave him the fifth year option or is that fine? Cause it like in my head, that's fine. It's completely normal. It it, it makes total sense why would he be mad? Why would they give him an extension now? But you're on the path toward an extension. You got better in year three. Let's come back and have an awesome year four, and then we'll lock you in for good. Is, is there, Mary Kay, what's the argument of like, why that might not work realistically with just the way NFL quarterback contracts are dealt with? Or does that make total sense?
0: Well, I think, I think it does make sense to do it. I think there is a, a perception if you don't extend your number one overall pick or your high pick your first round quarterback that if you don't give him that blockbuster extension when they are eligible for it for the first time there is the sort of notion the perception that we're just not sure about you we're not sure about you so that's that it's you know it's in part economic it's in part perception but then in terms of actually giving the extension now there is a new wrinkle which i'm sure you you're probably aware of. No, that- I'm not. I,
1: go ahead and say it, which I'm sure you're probably not aware of, Doug, because you don't understand any of this. I don't know anything. Go ahead. Explain it to me. It's
0: guaranteed. The minute you you yeah. hand him the fifth-year option, and this is the first year that it's that this is happening this way. In the past, it wasn't guaranteed, only for injury. Now, that full amount, when you hit the button on that and say, we're giving you this on May 5th, that 25 or 26 or $27 million that you have committed to that player for 2022 is fully guaranteed. So, you know, you're kind of doing a, we're not really 100% sure about you. We're going to give you this fourth year to see how it goes, but then we have to pay you $27 million in 2022, whether it works out or not. So there is a little bit of a balancing act there.
1: But what do you think, I mean, just realistically, the nuts and bolts of this if the Browns don't give him an extension after this season and they do the fifth year option and he comes back in year four under that circumstance, do you think it will be a problem from the perception standpoint, from the fe- Baker's feeling standpoint? Do you think that would be an issue or not? I kind of
0: do, actually, yes. I, I sort of think uh, that, that it would be a, uh, you know, not a vote of confidence for him. Uh, And I do think that there would be kind of, uh, you know, I I do think it could be a little bit contentious uh, under those circumstances, but, you know, I I don't know. I mean, some of it depends on how things go the rest of this season. I mean, he might be happy to get the fifth year option by the season's over, by the time the season's over, or he might be like, hey, no, I I deserve an extension. So I still think we need to let these six games play and the playoffs play out.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of season left. So, I mean, that's, that's a piece of this too, but it is sort of a, like if we had Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry on a Zoom call right now with just us, with local media, whatever, and we said, hey, how do you guys feel about Baker Mayfield? They wouldn't tell us a thing unless they absolutely believed in, it, believed in him and, and pounded the table and said, yes, this guy's our quarterback for a long time and we can't wait to extend him. Other than that, they wouldn't really tell us anything. So we're kind of waiting for that first sign to kind of see how they feel about this guy. And that first sign is going to come after this season. So if they extend him kind of what that extension looks like, the amount of the extension, all of that, that kind of tells us, okay, this is how they feel about Baker as their guy for the next 10 years. If they don't extend him, that tells you, okay, they weren't real thrilled with what they saw this season and they want to see more, which is fine but that's them showing one of their cards. That's them kind of telling us something that they wouldn't otherwise want to tell us. So it's, it's just sort of forces. It just forces them to give us a little, little sliver of information about how they really feel about Baker. And, now that I- and the other thing is they're just going to have to be able to handle the noise around that, because if they don't pick it up,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's going to be a topic. I mean, I mean, look, we know Baker Mayfield nationally, everywhere you put Baker Mayfield in a headline, you put Baker Mayfield on, on a lower third on a TV show, whatever it's going to be bananas. So there's going to be a lot of noise around whatever they do. And they're just going to have to be able to handle that and manage
1: that. And I think they can, but you know, that that's what'll happen. So the more I learn about it, the more I hate it. This sounds so (laughs) stupid to me. So you draft a quarterback and if you don't give a 10 year extension after year three, his feelings are going to be hurt. And you're going to, it's going to like blow up the whole franchise but you actually have the right to have him around for two more years and figure it out. This guy's played for in three different offensive systems in three years. They're not going to give him the extension, right? How could they give him a, a huge giant expansion off of this? They're not going to, right? It's impossible. How could anyone do that? And how could he expect it? None of it would make sense. Well, plus, even
0: though we're dealing in hypotheticals and not reality, I do think that, you don't have house money anymore because of COVID. I, you cannot throw $35 million a year at a player and just kind of hope it works out and give him you know, whatever the, the guaranteed amount is these days. Dan, what, what would a guarantee be for something like that?
2: I mean, it, it depends who you're looking at. I mean, you're not going to pay him like Deshaun Watson just got paid. Um, right. I mean, let me see. Let's find out here. You know, like the, the, I don't even want to talk about the Wentz contract because it was so well, stinking complicated. Let's look, just
0: look at the Wentz contract because it would be probably closer to that.
2: Okay. There, there were a lot of complications in that Wentz contract. I know that. It was concerned. kind of a similar thing, to be right. honest with you. Wentz signed four years, 128, uh, 107, nine guaranteed, 66 and a half fully, fully guaranteed. Yeah. His cap number is this year, 8 million. Then it jumps to 18 and then he jumps into the 30s. Yeah. His um,
0: average is thirty two million dollars a year. So yeah. and that's about what what Jared Goff got. So that and was then the they, they
2: can move off the contract pretty easily starting yeah. in and this is off over the cap, starting in about twenty twenty three, it looks like.
0: Yeah. They can get out of it after next year with twenty four million dead.
2: Is this is this the fifth year option year for once? Or is no. that I, no, that would be next I don't know. Whatever. I don't need to start talking myself into those. This things. is his, He's in his fifth
1: <laughs> year in. The, he's in his fifth year in the league right now. Okay. Okay.
0: So, so they probably
2: did something funky with that option number and whatever. Doesn't matter.
0: So basically, well, you know, the reality of the situation now is you can't play with millions and millions and millions of dollars like you used to. The game has completely changed everybody's purse strings are going to be very, very tight. And they don't even know the full extent of it yet. They don't know. And that is why we're not hearing anything yet. We're not seeing anything yet. Uh, everybody's kind of in a holding pattern to figure out what's going to happen. So Baker is not hitting his extension year at a good time at all. He's really not. Now, I, it, I think actually they, they may have gone ahead and done it Even being not super sure about him, if this were a couple of years ago, like they did with Goff and like they did with Wentz, you just kind of did it. Like you said, Dan, if they showed something, you went ahead and did it. But those days are over. You can't give somebody $107 million guaranteed now if you're not sure. So I'm thinking he's in the fifth year option camp.
1: But okay. both both Goff and Wentz had reached the Super Bowl before they got those deals, right?
2: They, was- uh let me
1: see. Let me see when Goff
2: signed his. Wentz signed his uh on June twenty second, twenty seven. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking at I look up somebody else's here. Let me go back to Wentz. Wentz signed his in twenty nineteen. I should know that. I actually was just listening to something. All right. So him. he
1: he had they had won a Super Bowl in he a year was- where he was great in the regular season before that. Goff signed
2: his, um, Goff also signed his in 2019.
1: Okay, so they had gone to the Super Bowl and played the Patriots before that. That's the other part of this too is I just, and I, I'm i terrible with feelings, that's my wife. But if you said, I mean, if you say, Baker, you got put through the ringer for the first two years here, man. But Stefanski's your guy, we believe in you, but we've only had a year with you. We got a million other things to do with this. You are our guy but like we just we're just going to wait. Here's the 5th year extension. You're our guy. Go kick butt in year 4 like we think you're gonna. And then stick it to us at the negotiating table and we'll give you the and we'll extend you then. But like don't look at Goff and Wentz because they got to a Super Bowl, man. Like we haven't been to a Super Bowl yet. But we think we're going to get there with you. Mm-hmm. You are our guy, but come on, man. Really? We're going to give you a giant contract now in a pandemic based on what's happened so far? when we just finally got you coach in year three, who knows what he's doing that, that sounds right to my ears. I get it. Baker wants, but that, that sounds like a reasonable, I think it's actually true by the way. I think it's based in reality, but I also feel like it should be a somewhat persuasive pitch. And then if, if skip Bayless says, Oh, the Browns don't believe in uh, Baker Mayfield. Cause I didn't give him a big contract. You say, listen, man, shut up. I got my fifth year extension. I'm going to, Prove everybody how good I am in year four and it'll get taken care of. That that sounds right to me.
0: Yeah. I, I think so too. I, I would agree with that.
2: I, I can tell you who's not gonna agree with that is Baker Mayfield's agent, who's gonna sit at the table and say, Oh, I'm your guy. Pay him, pay him, pay him like he's your guy. But the Browns don't have to. So, you know, there's nothing but they I, can really do about it.
1: I mean, but the other thing, I, right, they don't have to. And, and then you say, okay, you, your PFF rating is 29th. <laughs> you want to get, what do you, who wants you? All right, fine, we'll cut you. And we'll play Case Keenum or we'll sign Jimmy Garoppolo. Because you know what we have right now? We have a roster. And, and I think this is a, I've been, I got to write this at some point. I think there is such an important thing to a franchise to build a round a high drafted rookie quarterback, and you build to that window, and there is so much good that comes out of the pressure and the necessity and the thought process that is required to build around that quarterback that sometimes you do such a good job building that it's okay if the quarterback doesn't work out. And Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill is the exact exact example. But it's like the Titans have that number two overall pick a quarterback. They get them a coach in Mike Vrabel they believe in. They get him a running back. They try to build it. They build all the other things. And then at the end of it, maybe your quarterback's a superstar and you go win a Super Bowl. But if your quarterback's not a superstar, you've built such a structure because of the pressure to do it that now you can just pull out that quarterback who didn't live up the expectations and drop in a mediocre veteran and keep the train on track. So if Baker Mayfield's agent, Paul, Andrew, clip this. If Baker Mayfield's, Baker Mayfield's agent doesn't want to hear that, that God forbid you, you got to sign the guy who's the 29th ranked quarterback in the league to a six-year deal, or it's an insult. It doesn't make any sense. We'll move on without you, man. And I don't want him to. Cause I think, he's get, I think he's good. I think he's getting better. And I think he's going to be their guy, but you got to live in the world, brother. Come on. Baker Mayfield is not a pay me or I'm out of here quarterback right now.
2: <laughs> okay. So Mary Kay and I, I think both have Baker in the weight column.
1: Um, Doug, do you still have him third on the list? He's still third on the list okay. because again, Ronnie Harrison is great, but you know, whatever I'm prioritizing Baker. So
2: I'm putting uh, all right. So we've got him on the wait list. So now who, here's who I have left. We have Ronnie Harrison. We have Larry Ogunjobi. We have Wyatt Teller. Um, I'm not going to put, well, I'm not going to put Ogunjobi on my list. I like him. Seems like a great guy. Great interview. I, d- I just don't know that you're going to pay him a lot of money. Um, so I'm not putting him on my list as, as a priority uh, with Ronnie Harrison. I'm looking at him kind of the kind of the same way that Doug just put out there. I've got him for another year. I want to see how he looks with Grant Delpit. That could be a really great safety tandem moving forward, but I want to see it, so I'm not in a rush to get anything done there necessarily. Um, And then Wyatt Teller is kind of the interesting one. You know, what do you do there? I looked this up. The Browns, again, this is according to over the cap, and I think I actually pulled off my link here, positional spending, the Browns this year, actually in 2021, the Browns are third uh, I believe in offensive, I'm sorry, actually fifth in offensive line spending uh, moving forward. Now they have Jedrick Wills. If Jedrick Wills keeps, keeps playing like he does, that's a steal on a rookie contract. Um, they got a lot of money tied up. So maybe that decides what they do with Wyatt Teller or if they have to make a move with one of their veteran guys. So I, I don't know. I, I guess. I guess if I had to put a third guy on the list, I would go, I guess I would go Teller. But again, I I don't know if I'm in a rush to pay him a ton of money right now either.
0: Well, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to finish off my list because it kind of goes along with what you're saying. Uh, You know, Larry, like you said, I think he's in a Joe Schobert type of situation. I think somebody else might pay him. Uh, I, I don't think they need to necessarily. I think you have Andrew Billings coming back next year, potentially, or you, you think he will be coming back off of the uh, COVID opt-out list.
2: And, and you, drafted, uh, you drafted Jordan Elliott.
0: And you drafted Jordan Elliott and, and Larry, for for whatever reason, he's, he's not kind of living up to expectations. And maybe that's because he wasn't supposed to be an every-down player necessarily. This year he was supposed to split some time with Andrew Billings. But I'm okay if uh, if, you know, I mean, again, nice player. Sign him if you want to. But if you don't, I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, so I'm going actually, I'm going to go with Ronnie Harrison here. I think it's, it's hard to find good defensive backs. And they're so important nowadays against, uh, all these amazing passing quarterbacks that you have, especially in the AFC North. I hope Joe Burrow comes back, uh, strong and healthy soon. That's so unfortunate. Um, but I think that, uh, I think Ronnie Harrison made a huge difference this year. And I think it's hard, It's probably in my mind, probably harder to find. A really good safety than it would be to find a guard. Uh, so if I had to prioritize those two in some type of an order, I'd go Harrison and then Teller.
2: But but would you do extensions with both of them, or would they be wait and see?
0: Uh, this off season, yeah, I would. Yes, okay. I would.
1: I it felt like before the twenty. 19 season, right? Where the three guys that people were talking about on whether or not they should get extensions were JC treader Joe Schobert, and Demarius Randall. Is that right? Like maybe that's in my head. I was trying, I'm trying to think. I felt like there was a time where it was after like 2019 man, or after 2018, Randall was definitely on that list. Like and like going into the 2019 season. Yeah, I yeah. Like, Treder got, got
2: his during the season.
1: And Demarius Randall is on the Seahawks practice squad right now. Is he still on the Seahawks practice squad? <laughs> like, I think he, I just saw something. I was just looking it up. I think he was like not active. He was, maybe I didn't even got promoted, but was not active on Sunday. And that was the guy who for a year was like, yo, John Dorsey's a genius. He got this guy for Deshaun Kaiser. This guy is like a, this guy is like a central part of a defense. So I say that only because I would not extend Ronnie Harrison yet. Like, great. He's awesome. I think we're a little bit in like the Anderson Dejo Carl Joseph backlash of like, it's impossible to, to find safeties because the two they tried to sign this offseason, both are not very good. Um, but I would be hesitant on, on leaning into Harrison too much this quickly.
2: The, the case I would make for Harrison, and again, I still sort of have him on that. Let's wait to see what he does next year. The case I would make is... You've got Grant Delpit coming back off an Achilles, which is kind of a scary injury, to be honest with you, to see how a guy comes back off that. Uh, and then also, he's a second-round second guy. He's pretty affordable just from a, an asset allocation standpoint. You can pay Ronnie Harrison a little bit of money. I don't think it's – he's not going to require – he's not going to be like the top-paid safety in the league. Uh, I mean, you, you could pay him pretty well and still be okay with kind of how your your resources are allocated in that secondary, even in giving Denzel Ward an extension, that probably wouldn't even kick in for another year or two.
0: I, I just think uh, if Grant comes back healthy from the, the Achilles, you pair Grant and Ronnie together, you have a really, really good safety tandem there and you've got it for years and years. And, and I think they have nailed down those positions and you know you have, still have Denzel, and hopefully for them, Greedy will come back. And you've got a really good secondary, which is vitally important. So I think Ronnie is way more of a priority than than you do, Doug. But um, but we'll see we'll see how it goes. And I would do him as soon as possible.
2: Okay, um, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll do one more question. Guess who it's about. Back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Doug Maurice, And I just want to ask you guys right now, and I think we touched on this a little bit, but I just want to get into this. Right now, on a scale of 1 to 10, what are your feelings long-term? What's your confidence level long-term in Baker Mayfield? And then the second part of this question is what changes that number? Even if it's a super high number, what changes that number probably to make it higher in my case. I don't know about you guys, but what changes that number over these last six games or so uh, to what happens to change that number?
0: Hmm.
1: go always, first, somebody else? People always say with this, when you do it one to 10 and you tell people, and you can't say seven because everybody's instinct is always <laughs> to say seven about everything. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to let myself say seven and I will say I'm a six and I will say what would change it and what would raise it is, an increase in his accuracy and that you feel like he is just hitting all those throws. He's not missing Austin Hooper in the end zone. He's not throwing that pass last week, a little behind Kareem hunt in the flat, you know, he's not missing Harrison Bryant and underthrowing him in the end zone. And that he doesn't have to be right now yet to me, he doesn't have to be spectacular, but I want him to make the right reads. So no more Minka Fitzpatrick throws, but make the right reads. And then when it's there, hit it. Hit it like almost every time because he that was his calling card coming out of Oklahoma was his accuracy. And we know the weather has been weird the past several weeks. So I would like to see him go down to Jacksonville and then these other games just rip throws and hit guys right in the numbers. And because you see it, you see it some of the time. So I just want more consistency with the accuracy. And then that, and I think it will happen. I think it is going to happen. And that's going to get me moving even higher than a six.
2: Is five to uh, – is five kind of like 50-50? <laughs> no, I, six, think 50-50? Okay. I think five is good. That, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm at a five. And then for me, it's about – you know, I'll just say this. Nothing that happens in Jacksonville is going to change that number for me. And that's not to say that if he plays well in Jacksonville, you know, whatever. I mean, look, that Cincinnati game was awesome. Watching that Cincinnati game was a ton of fun. But I just – you know, I want to see him against Baltimore on Monday night. Play really well. I want to see him. I don't know what they're what they're going to be going against against Pittsburgh. I'd really like to see him go to Tennessee, and you know maybe that's a game where they just lean on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But if he's got to make some plays against the Titans, I'd love to see him just go make some plays against the Titans and beat that football team. If if they make the wild card and they go to Buffalo in the first round, I'd love to see him just make some plays and win that game against the Bills in, in the playoffs. That that's the sort of thing that in my mind kind of changes that number. to Like oh okay, now you really might have something here. Um, This is a guy that has been good in spots, a little inconsistent, but now there's some real games where he with real results where you're saying, okay, this guy, they're always going to lean on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt this season, but if he makes some plays that you look at and say, whoa, that, that guy won them that game, or he made two or three throws that won them that game against really good competition and really big moments, I think that's what changes the narrative for him. Mm
0: -hmm. you know what I'm going to go with a five as well uh, because sometimes I really do see it I mean we've all seen it we've seen it since he was in college we've seen it when uh, he showed up here in in 2018 and did the things that he did Uh, we saw occasional flashes of it last year and we have certainly seen it at times this year there are times where he just makes a throw and you say wow And if you can make those kinds of throws, sometimes it makes me think that you can do it more often in the right conditions, with the right situation, with the right play calling, with the right experience. If it's in you, it's there. So I do see that that potential. And I do think he has been messed up along the way by a lot of different uh, situations here and the dysfunction and the craziness and the, and the turnover. And I do think that Uh, even this year, they're trying to figure out what he does best. I think they went into it with one set of, of preconceived notions. And it just, a lot of times didn't turn out that way. And now uh, each week has kind of been an adventure uh, in trying to figure out how to, you know, help Baker maximize his potential. And the weather hasn't helped at all. Um, So I see enough good there and I think they do too, I really do. I, I still think that, uh, you know, I think they meant it when Kevin Stefanski said, the sky is the limit for Baker Mayfield. They loved everything they saw about him on film. They, they love this young man. So I think they're still working on, on honing it and pulling some of that stuff out of him and figuring out uh, how to get the best out of Baker Mayfield. And so, yeah, I think what would change that number for me like, you know, for you, Dan, would be to see it on a more consistent basis. I think you said that too, Doug, more consistency. And then I want to see it against good defenses. And that's a theme that has, in my mind, been something that no matter who we're talking about this year, there's this little thing in the back of my mind that keeps on saying, but wait a minute, (laughs) wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I still have a little bit of that thought that they just haven't played the highest levels of competition this year. And some of the enthusiasm should be slightly tempered by the level of competition. And I watched this happen the last time they won 10 games. People overestimated that football team. They did not play the juggernauts of the NFL. They overestimated that football team. And it not only does it hurt you in terms of expectations for the following year, it sometimes can hurt your personnel staff in thinking that they can rest on their laurels or that they're kind of okay. And you might not necessarily be okay. So I think they're going to have to put the pedal to the metal this offseason, And they're really going to have to work hard to get really, really good at some spots and really keep going.
1: I keep saying this. It's like, it's another podcast topic. That team, that team that you referenced, Mary Kay, because I feel like for the people who were around for that, the fans who were experienced that, I feel like that is, depends, it's either, I think it's infiltrating their thinking about this team, at least to a degree, but, and maybe for good, maybe for bad, was that team built to that 10 win season or did that fall out of the sky? because the one thing that I think that's happening here is this team was built up to this. This season did not fall out of the sky. We thought this season was coming last year and it didn't. And so I would, I would say, I, I, I know what you're saying about the schedule, but, and I wasn't here for that. So I don't know. There's a lot of, I'm going to keep saying, I don't know on this podcast. Cause I don't know anything, but to me, it feels like there is actually, there is a great difference between that 10 win season and what will be a double digit win season. Here is that, is that a point to make or no, that team was built to that with Braylon Edwards and, and Derek Anderson and everybody else?
0: No, I don't think it was necessarily built for that. And I think the reason why it happened, and I've talked about this before, one of the major reasons why that happened is because, well, first of all, they, they did not play a lot of great teams and they had a fairly easy schedule. And then you had a, a connection between Derek Anderson and Braylon Edwards where they, they connected on 16 touchdowns. And you're, when you're scoring the football, uh, you're going to win some football games. Uh, So that was kind of their thing that they, that they did well that year. Um, This year is different. This, this team is built to win. It is definitely built to win, but uh, I don't know if some of the things that we're seeing or some of the players or the performances that we're seeing are as off the charts as they really seem to be, or if some of it is because they've been playing some bad teams. So you know, and I don't know. I I don't know. I mean I want to see the rest of the season play out.
1: You against know? more bad teams.
0: Well yeah, against more bad teams.
1: I, uh, you, weren't, you weren't on the part last Mary Kay last night I was saying they're gonna be we're they're gonna be twelve and four and we're gonna be like, well, but how good are they really? Twelve it's and okay. Four, it's, they okay. Be?
0: it's okay to say that. It's a you can pull holes in a twelve and four season if you're beating you know, if you're beating the, the Jaguars and you're beating the Jets and you're beating bad football teams, you can look at a 12 win season and say, you know what? It, it looks, it, there's a little bit of lipstick on that pig. And, and that's, it's, it's okay to do that. It's okay to say, all right, we need to, to really look at this and make sure that what we're seeing is sustainable. And and, and I think that's okay. And I know you disagree with me on that. And that's fine. fine. There's 12 wins and there's 12 wins, you know? So we'll see.
2: Well, but here's, here's what, and and you know what, this just leads us to the third question I was going to skip because we went so long in the first one. So the third question was going to be, what does this season do to set expectations for next season? So we're kind of talking about that already. Um, But, but I think the point I would make is, you know, Andrew Berry is going to have to sit down and look at this team, no matter how many wins they have, and say, "Okay, we won this many games. Now, how do we get to Kansas City? How do we get to—I don't know—name some other elite-level team? You know, Pittsburgh might be a tough example because who knows? Maybe Ben Roethlisberger's arm is still going to fall off, and mm-hmm. who knows what they're going to be, right? But at some point, you're you're trying to judge this team this year, and you're going to enjoy it. You're going to make the playoffs." Who knows? Maybe you'll get the right matchup in the first round and you win a playoff game. But your goal is ultimately to build this thing to be
1: an elite-level team. To to be be what? To be as good as the team with the greatest quarterback in NFL history? I'm not putting – if I'm the Browns, I'm not thinking about Kansas City. How can you think – if you think about Kansas City, you're not going to enjoy anything. You're going to beat your head against the wall and ask why we don't have Patrick Mahomes and why we don't have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I, I I don't think that's it. I mean, we keep having the same fight. We keep having the same fight. <laughs> There's lots of mediocre teams out there. I mean, the Browns beat the Colts. The Colts are seven and three. I mean, it's like all we talk about is how they don't beat anybody good. There's like four good teams. <laughs> they have the, they're have they tied for the fourth best record in the league. And the, the overwhelming conversation that we have is that they haven't beaten anybody good. Well, and they have know, the fourth best record in the league.
0: I, I, I think that if you don't at least look at at just at least take a little glance at that and be willing to take an unflinching glance at, glance at that, that you could run into problems. If you don't, if you're not honest with yourself about who you have beaten and who you have lost to and how you have beaten them and how you have lost to them, then I, I don't think, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Now, maybe what they have right now will hold up against the best teams in the NFL going forward, and they'll be great. That's fine. I'm just saying that there's a right now, you know, there might be like, and when we get to 10 wins or 11 wins, if the next three are against the Jaguars and the Jets, you know, I mean, I think that when you have to then play the Steelers and the Ravens and the Bills and the Chiefs and the Seahawks and the Bucks and the better teams and in the nfl you know you want to make sure that you're built for that too you just don't want to feast off losing teams they beat one winning team it's okay to say that it's okay it's it's not nobody's psyche is going to be shattered if we point that out it's okay not very fun we can live in both worlds
1: we can live in the the i feel like we live in your we live in that world too much we're not, you guys want to go, you guys want to go from one and 31 to, are they the chiefs? I'm going to hang out in the middle ground for a while, which is, I believe the route from, Oh, from one and 31 to the chiefs is not going to happen instantaneously. And there's a stop along the way. And we're the stop along the way is this is like winning football with a good team. And I don't, I don't want the whole conversation all the time to be about, well, when are we going to get the Chiefsville because where we are right now is a pretty good stop on the, on, on the train. This is a pretty good stop because one in 31, man, that's dunk. Well, that's what he wanted, wasn't it? But it got you here. You have to... <laughs> They went through one in 31 to get here, and now, now you guys really- are like, well, they're not the Chiefs. Well, that, now, we're not saying they have to be the Chiefs this year.
2: But what, what I'm saying is this. Andrew Barry is sitting in his office every single day and he's sending scouts all over the place. Uh, Maybe not this year, but they have this, a whole scouting department. They have, they have people working hundred hour weeks, right? And what they're doing is they're looking at this roster and they're not saying, yeah, we're seven and three. All right, sweet. They're saying, okay, we got some stuff here. We're seven and three. We got a chance to make the playoffs. That's great. We're going to enjoy that. But our goal is to get to here. We want to win Super Bowls. We want to win the AFC. We want to be the best team in the AFC North. That's so it's not so much about, you know, we're not going to enjoy this, but you also have to take that long view and say, okay, how do we take this? What's real? What's not real? Let's figure that out. Let's fix what's not real. Let's fix what still needs to be fixed, like the defense, whatever it is. And let's get this team to a point where, no, we don't have Patrick Mahomes, but. We got a pretty stinking good team. And we think on some given Sunday, we can go to Arrowhead stadium and win a football game. That's that's what, that's what, that's what the Browns front office is doing. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what Mary Kay's doing. That's not what some fan of that's what the Browns front office is
1: doing. And if they're not, they're not doing their jobs, but there's no, there's no indication to me with this roster that any of this is a paper house. No, no, it's not. I I don't believe it so so they're doing both things simultaneously it's like of course they want to get better they want to win a super bowl but this is this is an absolute part of the process and it doesn't happen overnight their running backs are real their offensive line is real their tight ends are real they have the best defensive player in the nfl they have a number one cornerback they have some other things they need to fix on the defense and you're not sure about the quarterback yet all of this is real but so is seven and three seven and three is real there is not one part of this that isn't a thousand percent real, because this is how the league works, and everybody wants them to beat somebody better. There's only three teams with a better record. They haven't beaten any of them. I get it, but this this is how this works. You beat all the terrible teams. You're competitive against the mediocre teams and you see what happens against the good teams. And yes, the schedule has helped them. The schedule also murdered them last year when they actually were a better team than they are right now. It murdered them. And nobody said Freddie kitchen should keep his job because the schedule was hard. So we didn't hammer the schedule last year and just give them a pass. So I don't want to hammer the schedule this year and take away from seven and three. This is how it works. I get it. It's how it works, but they're good. They're no, good. It, and there's no it, doubt about that.
0: It's, it's okay. You know, but I mean, and I agree with you on that. They are good and it is real and seven and three is seven and three, but it is also okay to occasionally speak the truth and point out that, okay, you know, let's see how it's going to hold up in the playoffs or it's okay to say they've only beaten one winning team. That It's all right. It's okay to say, it's okay to say that in early in, on in the season, they got their asses kicked by Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh we don't have to be afraid that that the fragile psyche of the bronze fan that, 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 that they're all going to like cry and, and fall apart. I mean, it's okay to say, yeah, they, they, you know, this, this is fun. This is great. This is wonderful. But you know, there's also still work to be done. There are decisions to be made and yes, enjoy it. But, you know, I mean, there's contract decisions to be made.
1: You have to do because yeah, something- They have too many good players
0: which is great right it's great great that they have too many good players but anyways
2: i I guess here's the thing we've mentioned kansas city a bunch kansas city went 11 and 5 in 2015 12 and 4 in 2016 they finished second in their division first in their division uh, they went ten and six in 2017, but go, going back to 2014, that was a really good Kansas City team for a lot of years. It was winning divisions, winning playoff games, and it was probably a lot of fun. But eventually, Brett Veach said, "You know what? We need another quarterback, so we're going to go and figure out a way to get another quarterback." So that—that's the point I'm making. You're going to look at your team, and yes, they're having success, but you're always—you're always analyzing it. You're always figuring out where you need to upgrade. You're always figuring out what's going to put us from being a team that finishes first or second in the division every year, which the Browns right now are on the precipice of getting to that point. And then they need to figure out how to take the next step, which is to become one of the best teams in the NFL, to become a team that's going to be playing in February someday. That's the goal. And and that's, that's more the point, right? So like I said, with Baker Mayfield, he might go out and light up Jacksonville on Sunday and that's good. He lit up Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. That was great. But he is eventually going to have to do it against a Pittsburgh or a Baltimore, or, you know, he's going to have to replicate that first half against the Colts and, and then not come out and have a really terrible second half. So those are just the things you're doing. You're just trying to assess what you have sitting here at seven and three. It's better to be doing this at seven and three than three and seven.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: As players always say, it's better to, it's better to learn off of wins than learn off of losses.
1: I challenge everyone after they beat Jacksonville, I challenge everyone on the post-game podcast to talk about them being eight and three without having the next word after eight and three be, but. <laughs> I feel like we put a, butt on this season, every time we talk about it, they have the All fourth right. best record in the league and we butt it to death. That's what I feel. And what, but why does it upset you so much? Because they were 1-31, they have a million pieces in place to be a winning franchise. They have a competent GM, a competent head coach, a superstar defensive end, a real offensive line, two of the 10 best backs in the league, a number one cornerback, and a quarterback who might be good. And all – it's not all we do. And we butt it to death. And, of we course, do. we want them to get better. No,
0: we don't. You are, you are way overreacting to the occasional pointing out – that of of a few little facts that are okay to look at. We don't have to be afraid to look at those facts. We talk ad nauseum about how great Miles Garrett is and that he should be NFL Defensive Player of the Year. We're talking about Denzel Ward as a pro bowler. We're talking about extending Baker Mayfield. We're talking about them winning 11 games, 12 games, making the playoffs. I think you're wrong. I don't think
1: that we trash this team. It's, really not trash. it's not trash, it's not trash, it's not trash. It's 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 the implication that they have, it's basically the, the, they haven't beaten anybody good discussion yet, which is then tell me who's good. So there's six or seven teams that are good and like every other team in the league, if you beat them, like it doesn't matter as much somehow. They all count the same in the one loss record. And I would be very curious for an actual for a comparison Because I think what you bring up about the 10 win team in 07 is very interesting. And I think I absolutely understand the point you're making there. I would love in a story on cleveland.com or a full podcast or something, a discussion about where are the similarities to 07 between this team and where are the differences? Because I think that influences the discussion a lot because it's the last time they had double digit wins and it wasn't real. It wasn't, as you pointed out. And I would be, and I don't know anything about that year. It makes me very curious about what we could learn from that and what perhaps might be holding us back because that happened. And it turned out to be a fluke that was built on sand because all they did was, was beat bad teams.
0: Right. I mean, it is different. I I think we can all agree. And we've agreed throughout this whole entire podcast. This is real. They do have good players. If these players were let go out into the wild People would want them. People would sign them. People would trade for them. This is a very, very talented roster. And I think we can talk about that, which we do all the time. I think we can talk about how great Kevin Stefanski is. And we do that all the time. I think we can talk about how great Andrew Barry is. We do it a lot. And I think we're really high and gung-ho on this football team. But I don't think anybody should be afraid to ever utter the words occasionally well what about you know maybe they, they would might want to be able to beat steelers and maybe they will this year maybe you know it's, it's okay to it's okay to also talk about that stuff it's okay to bring it up and nobody should have to you know be weary of bringing up some things that are truthful we talk about everything on this pod we talk about everything and it's okay and and i'm not going to apologize for saying that they've only beat one winning team. I I have high standards for a football team that has had first round pick after first round pick after multi-millions dollar players and more multi-million dollar players. The standards should be very high. The standards should be high at quarterback. They've blown the quarterback situation so many times. Baker should be really good. If he's not going to be good enough, then they got to get somebody else. It's okay to say that. It's, It's okay to think that, you know, they've blown it. At quarterback a lot hopefully they got it right this time I just said earlier to, earlier on this podcast I see it I think they see it hopefully everybody can live happily ever after and they can go on and win a Super Bowl with Baker hopefully they can do that but it's okay to wonder and it's okay to question it it's part of what we do it is what we do
1: We could probably do this for the next hour. (laughs) We'll just do it for the next hour and then we'll have a third, we'll have a Thanksgiving podcast. We'll just put this in half. Bonus Thanksgiving pod, more arguing. (laughs) All right. I just
2: came up with three innocuous questions and look where it led us. All right. Well, this is the opening salvo in the holiday week of the uh,
0: the Happy Thanksgiving.
2: Thanksgiving. Happy out Talk podcast. Uh, It was fun. Um, I I think people will have some things to say about this podcast for sure. So uh,
1: (laughs) I'll be very curious. Is there a way, I mean, I, I would, I'm fascinated all the time because I will tell this, this happens to me all the time on Buckeye Talk, is I think, I'm trying to think, I think this is how fans think. And then it turns out fans are like, no, that's not how we think at all. What are you talking about? So I would be very curious, like where fans come down sort of on this general discussion about like, how they're viewing this season. And again, it's all shades, right? I mean, nobody's saying seven and three isn't a great year and nobody's saying they're perfect. So it's all the shades in between. Right. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll be curious to see if they're the tech subscribers who are out there listening to this, I would encourage you to text um, everybody at, at the Browns tech subscription and and see what you, how, where did you think of this discussion? And anybody on Twitter, just go right to Dan Lobby. He's the host. <laughs> He's responsible for this. And tweet at Dan and say where you sort of fall on this kind of discussion about <laughs> how you're viewing this Brown season. That's at Dan Lobby. <laughs> and I I'm, I'm going to give oh, go ahead.
0: And I might add, I enjoy having debate and sort of, you know, mixing it up a little bit. I, I like doing this. I mean, I, I hope that people understand and I think you do too Doug don't you
1: my entire career is built on yelling so yes <laughs> I love <laughs> it I always just get nervous because it's like I don't want it to be like people think that I'm mad at Mary Kay or I don't want Mary Kay to be mad at me I love no, this stuff I but it's all real that. I would never do it fake I would never do it fake I would never yell about something I don't actually think no, I but know. my gosh I mean I think it's a fascinating discussion as Dan said my gosh isn't it wonderful to talk about seven and three instead of talk about one and nine
2: I'm, I'm going to give everybody two ways that they can weigh in on this. The first is to sign up for Football Insider and send us a text. The second is to leave us a five-star review, and then in your review, tell, tell us what you think of uh, of this discussion. Those are two great ways to let us know what you think, or whatever you can tweet at me. Just make sure you don't. Just make sure you don't get the wrong Dan lobby. There's like two or three Dan lobbies out there. I'm the one with the underscore in the name for some random reason. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the orange and brown talk podcast Uh, for Doug and Mary Kay. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.